listeners, and welcome to the Blair Her Name podcast. We are a Xena the Warrior Princess podcast. We are your hosts, Ray and Elliot, bringing you queer content from coast to coast. My name is Ray Noble. Uh, I'm my proud. Wow, I'm going to do pronouns weird again. Pronouns. I'm just going to start <laughs> saying pronouns. Uh, my pronouns are she and they. <laughs> and I'm a queer writer living in the Pacific Northwest. I have all four of my animals in here with me today. So I'm sorry if they make any noise, but they're really cute. So it doesn't matter. And my amazing co-host is Elliot. If you would like to do your intro real quick. Um, hi, folks. I'm Elliot Junkyard. I'm a queer writer and fiber artist living in the mountains in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm just freshly back from the ALA annual conference, so Woo! my brain is a little explodey, but uh, we're going to make it work. We are going to make, make it, work. it work. This is going to be a fun episode because not only is Elliot's brain explodey, it's been a really <laughs> rough week for me. <laughs> And on top of that, this was a terrible episode. Oh, it's the worst one so far. I mean, I know there's only been three, but this one is bad. It's so bad. And I'm so disappointed, especially after the fall, like being the follow up to the fantastic episode that was episode three, which was my favorite so far. I just felt so let down. <laughs> it was so sad. I even was talking to uh, Michelle about it today because I was talking to her about how we were recording and she was like, oh, didn't you watch that forever ago? And I'm like, yes, we did watch it forever ago for one thing. And second of all, it was still so bad that all I can think about was how bad it was. So That's legit. Yeah, it's pretty fucking terrible. So would you like to explain to us a little bit about this amazingly horrible episode, Elliot? Certainly. Okay, so... Season 1, Episode 4 is called Cradle of Hope, and the IMDb summary is King Gregor has ordered the capture of a newborn infant foretold to take his throne, but Xena and Gabrielle find the baby first. The mysterious Pandora and her box join the confusion, keeping hope safe. Oh, Jesus Christ. It sounds like a clusterfuck just from the, like, <laughs> description, and it's that's, it's that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it uh, originally aired September 25th, 1995, for those keeping score at home. Also, I am having a really hard time accepting that it's only episode four of the first season. I feel like we've watched a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've, like, been on a journey, like, with these, right? with these two queer ladies. I don't understand. It's, I don't know. I feel like we have done so much more in their story than what we've really done and it i don't know maybe it's just that they jump back every episode and like act like they've been on an adventure together for forever as it is and so it's just very natural between the two of them so it's very natural for us to think i don't know the logic yeah, that, behind it i feel like that makes sense though okay well as long as you think it makes sense as well because then i'm not alone <laughs> Okay, so I guess we should start complaining about the proper episode. Um, yeah, let's do it. I don't really remember how it completely starts off. Um, I know that the first notes that I have are about an oracle, and I know that there is an old lady talking to the king and like his advisor, the Jafar-esque character. I'm calling him the Jafar-esque yeah. character because that's the only other royal advisor that I know that's evil. I, he is. He is like. Um... Jafar, if if Jafar wasn't just an advisor, but was also like head of the army, yeah, because I like think a this guy is, yeah, I think he's like a general or or some kind of military person. I just want to point out that this king is the dude that we see in the credits okay. while Don LaFontaine is doing his amazing narration. Yep, and he has this hair. <laughs> it's so bad. And it's so 90s. It's so bad. Everything is so bad. It's like almost a mullet, but not quite. It's not even... Okay, the thing about a mullet, though, is that it's like business in the front and party in the back. And this isn't yeah. either of those things. It's like <laughs> business casual in the front and a little bit of like... You've had four too many drinks, Jimmy Buffett, in the back. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I'm sorry, that's the only thing that I can think of. 
I mean, I didn't think it was going to get better from business casual in the front, and then it did. <laughs> well, I don't know if Jimmy Buffett has ever had a mullet, and if he has not, I'm really sorry, but that's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> like, um, I feel like if yeah. he wasn't in his like royal gown, he'd be on a beach wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. That's all. That's the vibe I get from this. But anyway. Also, the weird thing about the costume design, I guess, is that he's wearing some kind of like circlet headband thing all the time instead of a crown, except for one scene. Yes. He only wears the crown in one scene and then like, and then... He goes back to wearing the weird headband thing. I'm like, what? 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 Why? I don't understand. I think the weird headband thing is actually called a um, a circlet. I almost called it a singlet, but that's for wrestling. <laughs> so it's <laughs> definitely not it. I think it's a circlet. I'm not 100% positive. I know it's the thing that princesses wear. Like, yeah, that's why I like I started with that and then I was like, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if you know what it's actually called, let us know. But other than that, I think that we should call it just the princess circlet because that's what it is. And <laughs> the crown itself is so ridiculously gaudy and the one time that he does wear it, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, and it's and it's like a big crown. It's like maybe that's why he's not wearing it. Maybe it makes his head tired. It probably know. hurts his neck. <laughs> In between that and the business casual mullet, there's just no, you know, it's a lot of extra weight. I don't blame him. <sighs> so well, there is one other thing that I would like to point out. <laughs> so um, as we've discovered, as we've gone through the first three, now four episodes, every single time there's been a weird, like, I, I, multicultural, like, stealing thievery that's happening. And in this episode, it turns out that they take Nordic runes and put them in the Oracle's hands, and the Oracle, Oracle reads the runes. But that's not how Greek, well, I don't know if Romans technically had Oracles, but, like, that's not how Grecian Oracles worked at all. There were no <laughs> runes, at least not from what I'm familiar with. So they're just stealing shit just to make it look fancy. And I don't know. I just wanted to point that out because so far it's been every single episode we've had some random thing that isn't actually relevant to the Grecian history being made into something that they use. So which I just had like a flashback of my big fat Greek wedding where they're talking about how like the Greeks invented everything and I was thinking the Greeks invented everything and yet they need to steal other culture. Exactly. Why? I don't understand. I do not know. Oh God. We haven't even gotten into the meat of the episode yet and we've been doing this for a good 10 minutes now I think. Because <laughs> it's. I had a lot of feeling about Kingman's hair. It's okay. That was really important. I understand completely. Let's see. Right. I there's there's a prophecy. Someone's going to take the the king's throne. The king is very distressed because I think his was it his son and his wife. They both died, died. in childbirth. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if it was both of them or just the son. But anyway, he's very sad. Dad is very sad, and I do actually have a miniature rant to go on just because it's me right, and I rant. can't stop myself from ranting. So rant away. Thank you. The actual prophecy is one of those, a child has been born and it will take your throne and blah, 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 blah. And of course, the first thing that Jafar advisor does is say, we must protect, like, protect your throne. We have to get rid of the child and blah, 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 blah. And I would just like to point out that this child, they state the child has just been born. This man is at least in his 40s, probably older. And so by the time that this child is old enough to do any ruling whatsoever, <laughs> this dude's probably going to be dead. And if not dead, he's going to be really frail and it's not going to be a big deal anyway because he's probably going to be close to death. So why on earth is everybody so goddamn concerned about all of these prophecies that aren't going to come true for another 20 plus years? We see it in Hercules when Hades freaks out. I'm talking about the Disney movie, obviously. But like we see it there. We see it in this. I just... I see it all the time and I'm just really mad about about it because like you keep trying to kill kids who aren't going to be a threat to you for another 20 years and are you really going to care in 20 years? Okay, off my chest. Okay. I love I love this rant and I also am going to say that when you when you originally ranted about it in chat, my response was 
because allocist cis men are fragile piss babies. Oh, yes. I j- literally just scrolled down to that. <laughs> it's true, because though. I think, I think Buffering started calling Xander a, a piss baby. And I was like, I love that. It's very true. <laughs> it's very, very true. Last night, I went on a mini Twitter rant and I was coming up with some pretty good insults. And my favorite one of the night was wilted lettuce i started calling i'm calling people wilted lettuce now and i personally feel that (laughs) this that insult could also apply to these men allosis het men that are fragile piss babies are also just wilted lettuce indeed i love it that's that's how i feel oh there's some moses imagery where did we get the moses imagery from oh yeah so i think it was one of those like we're looking for the baby because you know they're searching for the child who might fulfill the prophecy so some girl is like i'm gonna hide this baby and they like put it in a basket and like send it down the river right okay i remember that now and oh god so i will take complete and utter responsibility for how terrible this episode was guys because if you remember our last episode, I talked a lot about how Xena wanted babies and wanted kids, and I think I accidentally summoned this episode <laughs> back in time. Yeah. Elliot made the very astute connection that I summoned the episode. <laughs> so I'm very sorry that I brought this upon all of us. This was all my fault. I take complete responsibility. I'm so sorry. That's all I have to say. And so... After we see the, I guess, the, the maid, the servant girl who is trying to Moses' baby out of the castle and out of the palace, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where we meet Zena and Gabrielle. They come in and are camping near the river. And I don't remember what starts it or how they find it. Yeah, I think, Gabri- I think Gabrielle was still asleep and Zena comes to wake her up because gay. <laughs> so gay. And then they have this adorable, like, slash really nerdy exchange where <laughs> Gabrielle's like, did you sleep okay? And Cena's like, yeah, like a rock. And and asks how Gabrielle's doing. And Gabrielle's like, I slept on a rock. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God, they're so fucking cute. Shit. Um, yeah, and then I think they just hear the baby crying. Oh, yeah. They hear the baby crying. They come up with a multitude of reasons for what this noise could be. And my my favorite is Gabrielle's, what if it's a griffin? <laughs> because, you know, she's Gabrielle. Exactly. Making tiny, wheezing, crying sounds. What if a griffin is sounding like a tiny human baby? And so they, of course, find the baby and Xena... And all of her maternal instincts immediately come out and she's like, oh, God, he needs to be with his mother. (laughs) But in a way that doesn't sound like that, she sounds much more uppity and also more strict because she's like, I don't want that baby. Get it away from me. And at the same exact time is like, oh, God, let me care for it. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yep. And I think your next you have the next uh, moment of. Yeah. Because Gabrielle immediately wants to name this, not just name this baby, but wants to name it after one of them. Because her first, her first <laughs> thing is like, we can name him Gabriel. And then Zena is just like, side eye, walks away. <laughs> and then Gabrielle's like, Xenos is good too. Okay, but can we just address the fact that the immediate response that Gabrielle has is, let's adopt it. <laughs> she wants to be in a gay adopting family with Xena. End of story. That That's what she wants here. <laughs> that's end goal. Oh, okay. I don't know where this quote came from. I don't know the moment that it happens, but just a quick side note. There's a comment that somebody makes that says, uh, fate is for men who don't have a destiny. And I wrote a story about that. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to say. It's very important. I have not published it anywhere because why would I? But I did. <laughs> that's all that matters. I think that sounds like a thing that Jafar advisor would say. Yeah, that would make sense. I'm glad that we never actually know the names of any of these side characters. We just kind of make up names for them as we go. Yeah, I think it's better this way. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) I keep forgetting that Pandora and that that entire plot happened. So um, Pandora and her box are important in this story for some godforsaken reason. 
It's <laughs> right. I just think it's so stupid. It's like they didn't know what to do. They were like, well, this is a Greek myth. We should probably put it in here. Like, it should be somewhere in this season. And they're like, okay, well, we only have about 20 minutes of content for this episode. So let's just shoehorn this here. And that's how that's going to work. Yeah, I feel like he could have been utilized better. Exactly. Like, it's such an interesting story. And they just were like, nope, no, we're, we're, we're just going to put that here just so that we get it in there. Okay, so Zena and Gabrielle come upon this woman who is like, about to be hung by an angry mob. And Xena uses the magic of her chakram to uh, cut her down and then intimidates the rest of the mob with her Xena magic. Do you think that the chakram is like her... I mean, obviously we know it's her signature weapon, but do you think that everybody else knows that it's her signature weapon? So like when they see a chakram, they're like, oh, it's Xena? I don't know. Because like there has been mention in previous episodes that like, warriors can recognize Xena by her sword other than like by her face hmm. so I don't really understand I don't know I just had a moment of like well maybe that's an iconic thing for them I don't think I don't know I have no idea I tried okay you did a good job thank you I appreciate this at first I really did appreciate Pandora because she had a really 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 good like opening line because as she's sitting on the ground like massaging her her was it her neck i don't know what she like how they had her tied up i think she was tied up by her hands okay she's just like sitting on the ground like on her knees obviously like recovering from being um like tied up and strung up on a tree etc and (laughs) i don't know where the first part of the conversation came from but I believe it was Gabrielle that says, did I miss something? They were going to kill you. And the woman just goes, yes, I think they were. (laughs) And she just says it was such like annoyed venom for a second, even though these people just rescued her. She's like, wow, I had no fucking idea. (laughs) And it was just great. And I really appreciated her for that moment. And I thought I was going to love her, but you know, I was really disappointed. It's fine. Yeah. And then there's like a crazy clap of thunder and you were like, (laughs) <laughs> Zeus is being angry. Well, he, he just, you know, why do you, why does he gotta make so much noise? <laughs> what what did anybody do to him? What's his problem here? Does he have a problem with Pandora being rescued? Was he trying to get a bitch killed? I don't know. Oh, and um, Elliot's most astute observation is there's always a convenient cave in ancient Greece. Number of times they're just like, oh man, we gotta go, we gotta go somewhere to get in and out of this rain or from hide from this mob or to you know put down an injured person it's like a cave there it is there's a million caves in ancient greece there you know they probably like set it up that way purposefully there's probably like a cave every like one and a half miles because you never know when adventurers and warriors and their princesses are going to need to find a place to stay for the night And we've always got to have convenient caves. So there you go. Let's see. Oh, yep. And then we find out that the girl that they saved is actually Pandora, but it's not actually the actual Pandora. It's Pandora's granddaughter, who's also named Pandora. I really, I, they don't mention what Pandora's mom's name is. I just want to know, is she like Pandora the third? Are they all named Pandora? Or is this just like, man, you know, it'll be great for me to name my daughter. My grandmother's name, or my rather, my mother's name, because that worked out so well for her when she fucked everything up. Exactly. I assume that it, like, just because I think it's funny, I want it to be Pandora, Pandora, Pandora. So <laughs> I'm going with it. And then they can just all come up with different nicknames for each other. Like, maybe the grandmother was Dora. Maybe the mom was Pandy. And um, I don't know what the child's name is what this woman's name is maybe she's just the full pandora the full pandora that sounds like a thing sounds like a good band name Ooh, yeah it does <gasps> it could be an illusion to when the box was full the full pandora damn okay. that was good sorry <laughs> i'm having having a moment and then xena starts sharpening her chakram and i was very confused by this i don't know why i was confused oh yeah there was a really pointless exchange that happened yeah, it seemed like a very aggressive gesture for no reason, because, like, 
It's not like Pandora is their enemy. <laughs> right. Like they saved Pandora. They were being really nice to Pandora. And then all of a sudden, Xena just got kind of pissy and then was like aggressively sharpening her chakram and like made a pissy comment. And Pandora made a pissy comment back. And then Gabrielle made a pissy comment. And it was like this really awkward exchange that didn't make any sense. There was no real point to it. And it was just a weird, aggressive conversation. I was like, why are we pitting women against women for literally no reason? I think that was the first sign of trouble in the episode, if I'm going to be 100% honest. Like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, nope, this may be irredeemable. We also find out that Pandora is, I don't know if she, she's not like chained to the box, but she has it in like a saddlebag and she has to keep it on her at all times. Oh, Um, yeah, because the the box is um, timed to open and somebody in her family, although I'm not sure how that works because it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like blood or fingerprint or anything yeah it's just a identifier yeah it's just a their hand shape um but somebody in her family must like keep the box locked by turning the box at a certain time every day multiple times a day or some shit so we we find that out there and then they're in another town and my favorite thing about this show so far is that every single time we see townspeople they wear weird hats I don't have anything more to say about it except for that. They just wear weird hats. It doesn't make any sense. They're different every time. Every single town has a different dude in a weird fucking hat. And I like it. That's all. There is also a a line in in this next scene where they're in a like a bar or tavern or something with the baby. So it's Xena, Gabrielle, and Pandora and the baby. And people are getting like nosy like what are you doing over there with this baby and cena calls it our baby (sighs) something like something about our baby bothering you it was like oh man that's gay so fucking gay it's so gay oh my god for like 30 seconds they were a cute polyamorous queer lesbian Mm -hmm. by everything Mm -hmm. couple it was so beautiful for like 30 seconds and then and then like Three seconds later, some townsfolk are like, oh, that's the baby from the decree. And then they're like, this baby is under arrest. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong? (laughs) This is not suspicious (laughs) at all. And then Xena tosses back her drink aggressively. It's, It's beautiful. There's nothing more attractive to me than a woman downing her drink aggressively. It's great. And then not only does she just hold, she she starts a fight, of course, because be damned if anybody's going to take her baby. <laughs> and instead of actually drinking the alcohol, she grabs a torch and breathes fire <laughs> because this because makes so much sense. Zena is a woman of many talents. She can do anything she wants to do if she puts her mind to it. Truly. Xena Fire Breather. Iconic. Those are my notes. I don't know whose notes those are, but they're somebody's notes. There's always suspicious scaffolding everywhere, although this scaffolding wasn't actually scaffolding. It was an unreasonably tall table, upon which I am still concerned. Why is the table that tall? (laughs) Like, why would I make the assumption that it's scaffolding? And why would a table be that tall? Who is using that table? Cyclopses are not in normal society here. So who the fuck is using that ridiculously tall table? I want to (laughs) know. I'm sorry. It's important. And I will never have the answer. Um, And we're in a real fight scene now. So Elliot, you've got to take the reins here. You know how good I am at this shit. I'm bad. Well, we we watched this episode a while ago, so I don't remember all the details but i do remember that she throws the chakram at some dude and it is like lodged in the center of his chest so that dude is not getting back up no and like there's literally Um, he's thrown i remember specifically that he gets hit so hard that he flies backwards (laughs) yeah yeah and then like someone else gets beaten with a candelabra it's a whole thing yeah and it wasn't I feel like it wasn't a particularly good fight scene either. I feel like we haven't had a good fight scene since the second episode, actually, because last episode, it was there were some pretty shitty fight scenes because that was when Nega Xena was fighting normal Xena and like they were barely pushing each other and getting nowhere. And then this is just 
there's unreasonably tall tables. There's a lot of chakram falling backwards from amount of like force that doesn't make any sense. There's candelabra beating. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and then like after the guards retreat, Xena like hits the last one on the ass with her sword, like <laughs> as they're running away. And I was just like, I okay. I don't know. I mean, I agree with the sentiment, but also no, it's not what swords are for. Right? I don't know if I have anything more to say about this episode, except I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's what every single thing that we're going to say is going to come back to. It's just, I don't know. One of the guards, or maybe Jafar guard, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> someone got the box um, while they were trying to get the baby. Oh, right. And so Jafar advisor is tr trying to convince the king that it'll be a good idea to trade the box for the baby. And then they can just, you know, murder this infant because that's a totally reasonable thing to do. Definitely. Um, and they're just like, well, it's Xena. It's not like she's a human being with a heart. She'll totally just give up this infant for murdering. Oh, right. Yeah, because everybody still thinks that Xena is an evil warrior princess and not a lesbian wannabe mom. Sorry, bisexual, maybe pansexual wannabe mom. I gotta fix my, my vocabs. Oh, and this is the scene. This is the scene where he's, the king one second is wearing a head, uh, wearing a, like, fucking headband, and then the crown comes in. Because he talks to Jafar General Dude, and then is like, we must confront Xena. And they go to confront Xena, and literally seconds prior to this, Dude was wearing a headband, and now he's in his full-on, like, heavy-as-shit crown. And I've made an official notation saying that I'm concerned about the wardrobe department in this show. <laughs> I still am really concerned. That's real. I, like, I don't understand any of it. I don't. In between Xena's white shift that's under her armor but isn't under the armor, the weird hats every single episode, the fucking kimono in one episode. Now this, I I also think that there is somebody specifically in charge of the headwear and I need to have a discussion with them. That's another <laughs> note that I have. So I, yeah, I'm really sorry if you were part of the wardrobe department and you were on the show and you are taking offense to any of these comments, but um, too bad you fucked up. Okay, so in the next scene after, after Jafar and King Dude are like, how do we get this baby back so we can murder it. We go to like Xena, Gabrielle, and Pandora, and the baby are hiding somewhere. And Pandora's being all weird and distant. Then she's like, I made the wrong choice saving the baby. I should have grabbed the box. And Xena and Gabrielle are like, Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. They. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. I don't understand. So then she has to explain that, like, it doesn't matter if King Dude wants to open the box or not. It just automatically opens and it has to be reset once a day. Doesn't really make much sense, but okay, we're rolling with it. Yep, yep, yep. And at this point in the story, for the record... It has been notated that Pandora and the box are already famous. Pandora's grandmother let all the shit out of the box, and the only thing left in the box is hope. That it, like that has been officially notated. The reason that she's freaking out about letting anything out of the box is because hope is the only thing that's left in there. That's why it's so important. Everybody needs hope, and Pandora's afraid that she's going to let the hope go if she doesn't stay with the box 100% of the time, but bitch fucked up, so... They had to go be in a baby saver. Had to save the fucking baby instead of the fucking box. Whatever. It works out for her in the end. That's all that really matters, I guess. Okay. And then they come up with a weird plan because, of course, Jafar, the creepy general dude, is a fucking creeper and um, likes to take... I don't want to even say concubines necessarily because it doesn't seem like they're really concubines. There are dan yeah. like, dancers... I guess. Did you? Did they have a phrase? I don't fucking Because, like, the girl that tells them about this, like, feast or whatever, she's like, oh, Jafar, like, likes to have girls dance for him. And then at the end of the night, he'll pick one. But, like, she's just, like, the maid or the waitress or whatever or something. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I'm one of the dancers. Sounding really displeased so Very it's like displeased it, it's like they just tasked random servants and being like you're gonna dance for me now and then i might decide to fuck you at the end of the night it's like oh good 
you didn't, you didn't even sign up for this sex work. Like, no. it's just, here you go. You thought you were going to serve mead. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I really don't like it. Yeah. And then, of course, because they're trying to get close to Jafar and the baby, Dezina's like, I'll do it, and decides to go be a dancer. And I will admit, this is the highlight of the episode for me, because damn, Zena's sexy as shit, and I am yeah. gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I will be down to watch Lucy Lawless. Wasn't even really belly dancing. I think it was just kind of dancing in general, but like, sexy dancing. I am down to watch Lucy Lawless sexy dance any day of the week any time of day give it to me um of course she does that in hopes that she will catch jafar's attention and he will whisk her away and she will be able to take him down from there which is basically exactly what happens oh yeah what was the credit scene that's in there because there's a credit scene in between like oh yeah there's the scene where like they're in bed and the curtains are drawn so you see like the silhouette of xena like sitting up in the bed i think it's i think it's while they're saying the passion which i find hilarious oh my god yeah Um, it's not even like any of the sexy moments either like yeah there's sexy moments in the show this was not one of them (laughs) i know but also it's like evident how creepy this dude is because he calls xena like my child right before he's about to like air quotes seduce her it's like (laughs) you have eyes xena is clearly like at least in her 30s you were clearly expecting like a 14 year old you fucking creep and on top of that this is like just probably because it fucking creeped me the fuck out it's like the the one scene that's like ironed into my brain he says it as he's like pulling her hair to the side like across her neck and like creepily touches her neck and he's like my child i was like oh god instantly wanted to vomit instantly like yeah it's gross you it's it's just just a whole lot of gross who exactly who looks at the person that they're about to have fucking intercourse with and like thinks that my child is a sexy thing to say to them i want to hit things i want to hit things i feel a tingling in my in my hands and i want want to hit things yeah oh also he talks to her like he thinks she's a virgin and i'm like again this is clearly a grown-ass woman like use your eyes and also she like sexy danced and seduced you to become the one that you picked. Why do you think she's never boned a dude before? Right. What? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know at all. It makes me so let's 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 keep going. Let's just get off of this part. I'm done. Let's, yep. Let's forget creepy Jafar ever happened. Your next note is my favorite thing in the world. About Xena talking to dogs. I don't actually remember the context. I don't either. <laughs> all that matters is that the Elliot's next comment is this just in Xena can talk to dogs <laughs> and that's all that matters it, nothing else does I think it's that I think it's the moment that she Jafar is out of the game for a second like she knocks him out or some shit and then she goes into like the king's room and they have like guard dogs and the dogs like leave her alone after an interaction with them I don't know what she does she doesn't give them anything she doesn't pull the usual like oh I've got food and like throwing it shit like there's a moment where the dogs see her and she sees the dogs and then they don't do anything even though it's very obvious that they're like primed to like bark and attack. So Xena can talk, talk to dogs. That, that, that's, that's what we've garnered here. And yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. The king is in the room with the, with the son's bassinet at the moment that she's walking in to and talking well, having her moment, whatever it is with the dogs. <laughs> and the dad is being super, 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 super sad because this is his dead son's bassinet that he's like standing over and like talking to. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's having a moment. Yeah. And the following notes are, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is too much ridiculous. All of this episode is so ridiculous. I don't like this episode. It has been completely par- pointless. <laughs> like, that's that's all. I don't know what happened, but those are my notes. I think this is the scene where Xena tries to be like, hey, you know what you should do, guy who's lost his son and wife, adopt the baby and then you'll have a new son and then he can take your throne by inheriting it, dumbass. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And then when we think all is well and good, Jafar pops up and people start attacking her for the baby. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then they run outside, and then it's fucking toss the baby. 
Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, is this the part where we go into the toss the baby scene? Because this baby gets thrown like four or five times in the course of like maybe a minute and 30 second scene. Literally. Oh, God. It's thrown so many times. And I don't understand why. I don't understand who looked at this scene and thought, let's keep throwing the baby. Like, once for once was dramatic so let's do it five times and there's one one of the times xena doesn't even throw the baby to someone she just she's holding the baby and fighting and then she just throws the baby up in the air really high fights a bunch of people and then catches him i'm like what what just what why why i don't know i literally have no idea and i i am not happy about any of this that's just how I feel. I'm done. I can't. Oh, I'm so glad that we are so close to the end of these notes. Anyway, so yeah, they play catch the baby. And I don't know, eventually the fight ends. Jafar, the advisor, gets arrested or gets killed. I don't remember. Oh, I think he gets killed. And then despite the fact that the townspeople and the king are like all right there, the townspeople start celebrating yeah immediately yeah that, after his i didn't death. quite i didn't quite understand like why the townspeople were celebrating jafar's death i mean he's clearly a bad guy right but it didn't seem like he was necessarily bad to the village if there was there was no backstory behind that they just started fucking celebrating but yeah so they do decide to have the king take the baby as his heir blah 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 blah, blah. pandora agrees to stay at the castle and, like, help him raise the baby because he's, you know, just a big dumb man who doesn't know how to take care of babies, I guess. Right. That's um, literally the entire and th- reason. And then she can also, like, reset the box once a day. Yep. Which, again, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. And also, it's never addressed whether or not, like, why is Pandora traveling? Why is she nomadic? Why can't she stay in one place? What, like, what is the problem here? Why is yeah. this suddenly a solution? Because it doesn't make any sense. She has no real yeah. attachment to the baby. The baby is not like, she doesn't have a moment of like, oh God, I love this baby so much or anything like that. She in fact has stated already that she would have rather kept the box instead of the fucking baby. So why is this relevant? Why is this a thing that suddenly works out so well for everybody? I don't get it. Is the naming moment, does that take place after they see the box? Zena and Gabrielle, or is that is Zena and Gabrielle seeing the box the last scene? Seeing the box is the last scene. Okay. So in which case, essentially, Zena talks to the king one last time. Pandora's there. They have a moment. Zena and not Zena, excuse me. Pandora and the king have a moment of like almost googly eyes at each other, and they're like, This will be the perfect arrangement. And then Zena's like, I'm gonna go see Gabrielle. And as she's walking away, She's like, you gotta name the baby. Name the baby Gabriel. Fucking stupid and cute. Because the baby's a boy, for the record. Oh, yeah, I guess we did mention that at the beginning. But, yeah. So, they named the baby Gabriel because um, Xena appreciates her dearest gay lover. And then they go and meet up in the, like, sacred room that they're going to be keeping the box safe in. And they find the box is open. No, no. What happens is the box is, like, on a pedestal. It's like... Some kind of treasure room. You're better at this than I am. It's like some kind of treasure room or whatever. And so like that's where they're keeping the box. And it's on a pedestal. So it's like kind of wobbly. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) Gabrielle like trips and knocks it off the pedestal. And it just opens. It just it's just open on the floor and nothing's in it. (laughs) What does the manifestation of hope really look like though, guys? I think I would have less, I'd be less annoyed if they were just like, oh, well, something, you know, like if they had acted like Hope was had escaped or something, but they were just like, oh, I guess Hope wasn't in there this whole time. Anyway, I guess she was like carrying it inside of her and the Hope was metaphorical. And I'm like, then what the fuck? What's the point of a box? And what my favorite part of this is, is that Xena and Gabrielle agree not to tell Pandora. <laughs> yeah, they just close the box back up, put it on the pedestal, and leave. I don't... I will never understand. I will literally never understand. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. They have a heartfelt moment about how hope lives in all of them, and, no, like, nothing can take that away from the humans. And, like, that's it. That's it. That's the episode. And for the record, that is not a theme 
that was throughout the episode or anything like that. It wasn't something that, like, the baby plot was trying to go with. It wasn't something the Pandora plot was trying to go with. It was just, like, they needed a meaning to throw at the end of the episode. So there we go. Hope's in your heart. What? Stop it. Get out of my face. And <laughs> this that's was it. not a good episode. <laughs> no, it was not a good episode. And I am so disappointed. And I feel so upset that I wasted an hour of my life on it. Honestly, I could have been watching Hannibal or Buffy or something good. And instead I watched that terrible fucking episode. And the only reason I'm happy about it is because I got to do this recording where I complained about it for an hour. That's legit. I really hope that episode five is not as terrible as this one. I will say, I do have a rule, personally, that I think every show deserves at least one season to get its bearings. And I know that, like, even if the first season is bad, it doesn't always, like, set everything up for failure, obviously. And obviously, Xena is a good fucking show when it comes down to it. But this was one of those episodes where I just don't understand how it happened, because the first Three episodes were really, really, really good. We got some really good development. We've got some good, like, I don't I don't want to say monster of the week because it's not monster of the week necessarily. But, like, you know, every week is a different plot, but we're still really learning about the characters. We're still diving in deep. We're still having actually good, like, I don't know, for, forward movement. And in this episode, it just felt like it was pointless. There's no reason for it. I don't understand any any of the motivations for anybody in this episode except for the fact that Xena and Gabrielle are gay and want a baby. That's it. That's the only thing. Mm, yeah, that's legit. And yeah, it just felt so pointless. There was no movement. There was nothing. It was a stagnant epi- episode where nothing happened and nobody grew. How are your feelings, Elliot? I'm glad that this episode is over and I'm kind of annoyed that two credit themes were in this episode and both of them were so terrible. But, right? you know. Right. Whatever. Like, at least if you are watching, like, Buffy or something like that, the scenes that you're getting that are in the credits are legitimate, important scenes, you know? Yeah, they're, like, iconic scenes. Exactly. They're scenes that matter. And these scenes, like, two credit scenes in one fucking episode that literally was nothing but filler? Like, why was King Gregor in the credit scene to begin with? How is he fucking relevant to anything? <sighs> That was the Cradle of Hope episode. It took all of the hope away from me. That's not a funny joke. I can't even come up with funny jokes about this anymore. I used them all up with the hair. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that was our that was our episode. It was terrible. And hopefully the next one will be better. I hope so. At the very least, I hope that you got some enjoyment out of the amusing commentary that was us. Because that's the only good thing that came out of this episode watch for me. <laughs> In that case, I guess we should wrap it up and just hope that the next episode is better. Oh, ho, 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 there it is. That hope's coming back. <laughs> In the meantime, Ray, do you have a, a queer recommendation that you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, shit. Oh, shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> oh, fuck me up. Um, um, <laughs> um, oh, wait a minute. 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 Yeah, I, I think I do. I think I do. I do. I have something. Give me a second. You go while I do this. Okay, uh, well, mine is kind of an old one, but I was I was late to this party. The last day of my vacation, neither of <laughs> me or my uh, one friend were feeling very well. So we just binged watch Sensate on Netflix because we had Netflix at the Airbnb. And I'd never seen it before. And man, that is some good gay shit. <laughs> Okay, I haven't finished the second season slash watch slash watched the end of it yet because I literally cannot bring myself to. I am too emotionally devastated still. That's that's very real, but it's so real. It was like one of those things that was like always on my list. Like it's been on my list since the first season came out. And I was just like, oh, yeah, give me this good gay shit from the Wachowskis. And then I never got around to it. And then my friend Monica was just like. You've never seen Sense8. <laughs> we we watched like nine episodes. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Monica, thank you so much for giving this to Elliot. He really deserves this good queer shit in his life. It's and so good. It's so queer. It's so fucking queer. And if you don't know who the Wachowskis are, the Wachowskis are two trans sisters who are also filmmakers who are 
incredible. Um, you can thank them for amazing classics such as The Matrix and Cloud Atlas. And if you don't like Cloud Atlas, please stop listening to this podcast. We can't be friends. All right, good, because I fucking loved Cloud Atlas. <laughs> Cloud Atlas is the most beautiful love story that's ever been told. And I will literally throw hot tea on your face if you disagree with me. And if you have any problems with that, then you can literally <laughs> suck my dick. There we go. <laughs> Okay, I love Cloud Atlas. I love the Wachowskis. Jupiter Ascending, still one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. I don't care how bad it was. It was incredible. And uh, I, It was so good. It, was it so gets good. better every time I watch it. Right? Right? Okay, can we just talk about the moment where, she fucking, where Jupiter literally says to Channing Tatum that she loves dogs? That is an iconic moment. Oh my god, moment. yes, it's the best moment. It's the best. It is the She's best. always loved dogs. But I've... I've I've always loved dogs. And <laughs> just the way she says it. Just, I've always loved dogs. Oh, God, I love that fucking movie so much. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm a Wachowski stan. I will watch and love anything that they make. And, okay, I got that out of my system. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad I could bring this into your into your uh, evening and your episode. Thank you. Uh, it's It made this entire thing worth it. <laughs> Okay, I do in fact have a recommendation. I can't remember if, if I've wrecked it all already, so I'm really sorry because I can't remember what I've done for the last few. But I recently finished a reread of a book that I read like two or three years ago, I think now. I don't remember when it really came out, but it is called Storm Season by, I believe her name is pronounced uh, Penny Hans uh, Hansen. I could be lying to you. It has one of the most beautiful covers I've ever seen in my life. It is a FF romance about a girl who lives in Australia and who is an ex-soccer player and can't play soccer anymore because she's injured turned um, fashion slash music like journalist. And she goes to camp one night with her friends in um, like in the bush, essentially, because they're in Australia. She ends up stuck in the middle of a like massive down like rainforest downpour, which are really intense there and gets separated from her friends, gets injured and she gets rescued by a really, 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 really sexy park ranger. And she has to stay in her Ooh. house for um, an extended time. Ranger. Very sexy park ranger. And uh, there's some pretty good sex scenes in it. So if you like the sex scenes, it's great. But also, if you just like some good fucking, like, kind of slow burn, will they, won't they, stuck in the same house together, have to sleep in the same bed romance, oh. you're, you're gonna fucking like it. I read it twice. The first time around, I, it didn't connect with me all that much for some reason. And then the second time, the second time was like, I was eating the most decadent piece of chocolate and letting it slowly melt in my mouth. It was magical. So highly recommend it. Storm Season by Penny Henson. It is on Amazon. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's on any other platforms or anything like that, but highly recommend it. She's also got some other books out. All of her stuff is FF, um, all own voices. So go read that Amazing. shit. I love me some bed sharing in forced proximity. Me too, especially when it's out in the middle of nowhere in a beautiful rainforest. <sighs> it was so good. I want to reread it again. But first, I'm going to reread Michelle Osgood's um, The Better to Kiss You With because it's my favorite book. Really? I had no idea. That is the rudest thing I've you've never ever said to me. I feel so called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. So... On that note, now that we've gotten our queer wrecks out of the way, and, well, I don't want to say out of the way because I love them. It's like my favorite part, even though I'm really bad at having them. <laughs> uh, but now that we finish up with our queer wrecks and we have finished up with the most terrible episode of almost anything I've ever seen, and uh, we have come to the end of our episode, guys. We're sorry we were gone for so long. We hope you will forgive us because it was necessary because Elliot just wasn't here. And I'm sorry, I'm not talking to myself. I'm not that amusing. I need Elliot to make me funny. <laughs> Hopefully, we will be back at normal time. For the record, if you don't know what our posting schedule is, it's supposed to be the 1st and the 15th. We're going to start getting back to that schedule soon, because I don't know if we were ever properly on that schedule, plus then we kind of fucked up anyway. So, the 1st and the 15th, guys. That's when we post. It's going to yeah. be our thing. It's going to be the thing. 
I guess some quick housekeeping. If you want to get in touch with us for whatever reason, you can reach us in multiple places. Uh, first, we have an email that you can reach us at. It is blairhername at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at blairhernamepod. Or is it podcast? Pod or podcast? Uh, Blair, Blair Her Name Pod. Thank you. It's Blair Her Name Pod. If you would like to let us know whether or not the Grecians actually used runes, please inform us. I would love to know that. Um, among other things, please let us know. Feel free to contact us in any, any way, shape, or form. Also, if you like what you're hearing and you would like to hear more of it, please, if your whatever platform that you're listening to us lets you, please like, subscribe, leave reviews, ratings, the whole nine yards if you can. Uh, I know you hear that everywhere, but it's very, very, very important to getting other people to hear us. And I would like other people to hear us. I want to listen, talk to as many people as we can because I like you guys. I think that's it. Do we have any other housekeeping, Elliot? Oh, we didn't mention our personal Twitter handles. Uh, mine is is Elliot Junkyard. That's Elliot with two L's and two T's. And mine is Ray Likes Cats. That is Ray like an E like in Star Wars. And you can also follow me on Instagram. I do some bookstagram shit. Uh, that is Ray Likes Books. Also Ray with an E. It stays the same. My name stays the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's us. So if you like our shit, you can buy Elliot's books on Amazon as well. Is there any other platform that they can buy your shit on right now, babe? Um, right now it's just Amazon. I'm going to try and expand because Amazon is evil. And that's, I mean, that's really just it. Amazon is evil. But. Understandable. I think a lot of people have been trying Gumroad. So maybe you should look into that. I think that they have better. Um, I've heard that they give more money to the sellers. But yes, you can find all of Elliot's stuff on Amazon as well. Same, all under his name, Elliot Junkyard. And with that note, I think we are good. I think that's the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for being part of the Blair Her Name crew. And we will see you on the 15th. Bye. Bye. Bye.